What's up, guys? Welcome back to the huddle with Ben and Sam. This week, we're going to be talking about what went down in week six and some improvements for your fantasy team. Uh, so, first of all, we're just going to start it off with a week six recap. Um, so, first, the Jets' backfield. It was actually pretty surprising. Um, Gore had 11 carries, but only 4.2 yards per carry. Um, and it's like the first time a season he's had like those stats. Um, then P Ryan got seven carries, which is more than we thought actually, uh, and 3.9 yards per carry. So what we think is they're probably going to start like splitting the carries going forward. It's going to be pretty equal now that P Ryan's getting used to the team. Um, and you, you really can't start either at this point because you, you don't really know how, like, who's going to take charge or what's going to happen with them. Even And they didn't really have that great week, that great of weeks last week. So, but I think they would definitely be a good way for pickup if you're in need of that, like, one pinch spot. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can't, I mean, the production for both of them had been, was not that good at all last week but um i mean it is promising that we saw uh, frank gore got over uh four yards per carry in a game for the first time this season as you said which is uh which is promising but yeah like 11 and 7 carries for um for two backs splitting carries with a on a below average offense is you definitely can't start those guys yeah um so Moving on with the week six recap, you know, something unfortunately we've seen a lot of this week and uh, this year, and this week was no exception, more injuries. Um, I think the most notable of which was Raheem Mostert, Miles Sanders, and Devontae Parker. Um, Mostert and Sanders are both going to definitely miss miss week seven. Um, Mostert is likely going on the IR, Kyle Shanahan said. For um, he's a high ankle sprain, so you know, hopefully only three to four weeks, but possibly more. Um, and then Sanders, ideally, could be back for uh, after this week, but we don't know. Um, Devontae Parker also went down with the a minor ankle injury. Um, although fortunately for the Dolphins, he they have a week seven bye right now, so yeah, assuming it's nothing too big, he should be healed up and ready to go for week eight. Um, yeah, I, I think this year it's just really hard to set your fantasy team with all these injuries. So definitely, like, be careful um, when setting your team and look out for if your player is injured because that's happening a lot. Yeah, but I have gotten absolutely railed with injuries. I Moster and Sanders are both starting for me last week. Well, I, like- the, same thing, the same thing happens for me. I have... Um, I have Ertz, who's not that good anyway, but I have Ertz and Eckler, and both of them are injured, and they were pretty core parts of my uh, team, even if Ertz was trash. But I, I don't want to talk about trash, that. <laughs> um, moving on. Um, so to round out our Week 6 coverage, we're going to – obviously last week the, for the first time – Ben and I both picked uh, a breakout and a bust uh, for week six. 
So we're going to, you know, kind of hold ourselves accountable a bit and go over how that went down. So um, hold, at, hold yourself accountable. I mean, you didn't, you didn't do too great either. But, <laughs> I but, mean, um, <laughs> to start uh, for me, my uh, breakout prediction was David Montgomery and he definitely didn't break out. He didn't bust either. You know, 14 points PPR is definitely a solid performance. And, you know, if the, if the Bears O-line can maybe let him score from the one-yard line on two consecutive plays instead of Nick Foles going for a QB sneak, then he gets 20 points, and this is a very different conversation we're having. Uh, so for my breakout, I had Chase Claypool, who had 18 points, which was a pretty good game. Technically, like his breakout would have been like 19 points stat-wise, but we'll call it 18. 18's fine. Um, he had a good amount of targets. He is becoming a more important part of this team, and you should definitely look for him um, in waivers or in tr- maybe in trades if you're in really in need of a player like this. But he's definitely reliable for your team. Yeah, you know, since I'm such a nice guy, I allowed that 18 points to count as a breakout, even though, you know, debatable. Um, so then for my bust pick was uh, Terry McLaurin. I did not think he was going to fare too well against the Giants secondary. Um, I was not entirely correct about that. He didn't hop off, obviously, but uh, 14 points is definitely a, a solid showing for him. So I, I was went 0 for 2 on the week. I was wrong with that bust as well. So I'm very conflicted here because I don't know if I should be happy or mad. Because Terry McLaurin is on my fantasy team, so I need him to do good. But he was also playing the Giants, and they allowed him 14 points with their QB situation. So yeah, but you won. The Giants won. Like you won your first game of the season. How you? It doesn't count. It was the the Washington football team. So tonight, tonight we'll win. All right. Uh, so my bust was Zach Ertz who is kind of disqualified because he didn't play at all. Uh, I would call it a bust, and I want to say I'm right, but Sam does not agree with me. Bro, you can't call it a bust if he doesn't play because of injury. He just didn't play. Well, technically it is a bust because I started him and he didn't score at all, and now I Your prediction was not that he wasn't going to play because of injury. Anyway. My prediction um, was he would get lower than five points, and he got lower than five points. Okay. We're not counting that. Um, so we're going to keep track of these uh, breakout and bust predictions going forward for the rest of the season. So since this is our first week, you know, to keep record, so far I'm 0 for 2, unfortunately, and, uh, uh-huh. and Ben is 1 for 2. So hopefully we'll turn that around this week, and we'll get to our breakout and bust. It's uh, just like your later. fantasy record. Okay. <laughs> um next we're gonna talk about uh some waiver wire pickups obviously do this every week um just some great guys that can help round out your team first up keelan cole senior talked about him last week wide receiver for the jacksonville jaguars he's owned in 26 percent of league which is a little bit more than last week um, and he's seeing good targets he's had at least five targets every game um, he put up 20 points last week, which is pretty good for a pickup. 
Um, and he's had over 10 points in the last four of six games. Uh, so definitely a reliable flex option in bigger leagues um, or a bench spot for, uh, uh, for smaller leagues. He is getting picked up fast, so definitely look out for him and also definitely look out for who he's playing because I would say the Jaguars aren't very reliable as a team. Yeah. Uh, I liked him last week and I still like him now. I think, you know, you don't, you don't see this type of production from a, a waiver wire wide receiver, especially one who's owned in only a quarter of leagues. I mean, this is, it's honestly very confusing to me as to why he's not owned in more leagues, but, um, no matter, just take advantage of that. And if he's available in your league, which he most likely will be, pick him up right away. Yeah. Uh, next person who is also on my team, Boston Scott. He is a running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. He is owned in 10.9% of leagues. And now that Miles Sanders is out for it, like one to two weeks, uh, Scott will take up his role. So we'll, we can expect Scott to have a good amount of touches and produce a good amount. Um, and week one, when Sanders was out, Scott had 11 touches, which is great for a uh, waiver wire pickup. And But definitely don't keep him for too long because Sanders will be back soon. He's not injured very... Um, he's not very hurt. So definitely keep your eyes on Sanders to see when he's coming back. Yeah, I mean, in the limited uh, sample size we've seen of Boston Scott's play, he's clearly a really talented running back. So I think he's going to – I think he's definitely going to carry his weight being the lead back while Sanders is out. So, yeah, a great pickup if you can get him for the next week or two. Um, moving on, a guy I really like uh, is J.D. McKissick for the Washington football team. He's owned in 37% of leagues. Um, and he's actually, he's a, he's a backup behind Antonio Gibson, but recent, especially recently, he's been getting great usage, even as a backup. Um, and especially in the passing game, he had, you know, week five, for example, he had 11 points on one carry for three yards. I mean, that just shows his upside in the passing game. Um, but at the same time, he's having an increased impact in the, in the running game too. You know, last week, week six, he had eight carries for 41 yards. Again, this is as a backup with Antonio Gibson being completely healthy. And that performance was for 14 points. Um, so great, great potential there. And on top of that, he's a great schedule going forward. His next two games are um, the Cowboys and the Giants, neither of which have great front sevens. Um, so expect big performances from him. And then looking forward to the rest of the season, he's playing, just to name a couple of teams, Cincinnati, Seattle, Dallas. He's playing Dallas twice in the uh, rest of the season. And Carolina, all of which are like bottom-of-the-pack teams in terms of rushing defense. Um, so I expect great things for him this week and going forward for the rest of the season. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. He's definitely a great pickup for your team, especially if you're in need of like a flex running back. Um. So now probably the most obvious waiver wire pickup. It's a bit of um, – won't be much of a shocker here. It's Tua Tagovailoa. 
obviously the news of him um, being the starter over Ryan Fitzpatrick going forward. Um, he's a starting quarterback now, so definitely pick. I mean, especially in bigger leagues, pick him up for your team. He's owned in 20% of leagues. Obviously, that's going to be shooting up because he's now starting. Um, but I think in addition to all that, he has – the Dolphins actually do have some pretty good weapons on offense, you know, with Devontae Parker, Mike Jacecki, Miles Gaskin. They have um, – he's got good assets there. So I think he has the potential to be a top 15 quarterback by the uh, by the end of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed to see that they're starting him. Uh, I was a big advocate for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he was playing – way out of what they thought he was going to play like. Um, so I, I'm excited to see Tua start and excited to see how he plays in the NFL. But at the same time, it's so sad to see Fitz go. Yeah, I mean, if you're like Ben and you have Fitz on your fantasy team, you should just try to trade him straight up for Darren Waller. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, and it almost of- worked if it didn't get vetoed by this man right here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't think I'm going to allow a backup quarterback for a top five tight end to to, to go it's down. His fault. He didn't know. He didn't know. Okay. Um. So following on that same note, uh, another guy to pick up is Preston Williams, another Dolphins player, wide receiver. Um, owned in 38% of leagues, so available in most leagues. Um, and honestly, he's been – he's had a, a pretty underwhelming performance this year other than week five um, when he broke out a bit. I mean, that, but that was his only 10-point game this season. Other than that, he's been, like, pretty much a no-show. But the only reason um, I think he's a good pickup is because he could possibly see – a significant increase in usage with Tua. I mean, we know from just what we've seen throughout the history of football is that when a new quarterback comes in, his his favorite targets and his favorite weapons, they're going to switch up a bit because he's a different guy. I mean, we saw that even this season with Justin Herbert coming in for Tyrod Taylor. The uh, target distribution switched a little bit over there, like with uh, Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry. So I think there's definitely a possibility. I mean, it's a risky pickup, obviously, but I think there's a, a really high upside if it does turn out that he becomes one of Tua's favorite options. He could um, he could break out and be a have a lot of top ten weeks for the uh, rest of the season. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting again to see Tua and who he picks and who is going to be his guy. And I think Preston Williams is definitely like of caliber and could fill in that role no question um so now it's that time where we're gonna give this week's our predictions for the breakout and bust of week seven um hopefully i can turn it around this week but we'll get started right out of the gate my breakout pick um for Week seven is Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team. Um, He's been honestly pretty quiet and kind of disappointing this season. He's only had one game with over 12 points. And obviously we talked about J.D. McKissick and his increased usage in that backfield. Um, So he's going to see some competition there. 
but I think it's really hard not to like him against the Dallas Cowboys, the second worst run defense in terms of yards per game in the NFL. I think it's it's hard it's hard to believe that he's not going to have a great game this week. Um. So for my pick, I picked Boston Scott. We talked about him earlier, and. I'm going to say it now. I think this is kind of a cheap pick because he really only needs to score like six points, maybe a little bit more for him to be a breakout week. What are you talking about? Um, that is not true, bro. If he puts up six points, I'm not counting that as a breakout. I'm just letting you know right now. Look at his stats. Bro. Look at his stats. He's starting now. All right. Um, well, so he's a starting running back now. We talked about it earlier. He's definitely going to – I'm saying he's going to score at least ten points. Uh, he's going to have good touches and definitely look out for him. All right, moving on to the to the bust. My my pick for the bust of this week is actually a pretty big-name guy, Joe Mixon. Um, obviously, this might be a bit of a confusing pick for my bust. I mean, him averaging almost 20 carries a game, and just his overall usage makes it hard to bet against him. Even if he's wildly inefficient, it's – it's hard to see him not having a productive week. But um, I think a bust for him is like anything less than 10 points because he's a he's a top 10 running back who is getting like 19 carries a game. Um, but him going up against uh, a top five run defense in the Cleveland Browns is not a promising matchup for him. The one time they played earlier this season – he had 46 yards on 2.9 yards per carry, which is just, like, wildly inefficient. So, um, yeah, I don't see him getting it done. Obviously, he's going to get the ball a lot, and he's still probably going to put up at least 30, 40 yards, but I don't see a big 15, 20-point game from him this week. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, my bust is Jerry Judy, which is kind of controversial, actually. Uh, he's coming up to play the Chiefs this week. Last week, he had a very disappointing week with only five points. I don't see him uh, scoring very much more than that this week. He only had five targets last week, and in PPR leagues, targets are everything. So I, I can't see him producing the way he was earlier this season. So I definitely think it's going to be a bust on him, um, even if the Chiefs' backfield is not the greatest. We'll see. A risky pick, then. Um, so moving on, uh, we talked a, a bit about this in the prior weeks, but you know the news recently with all the backfields across the league being shaken up, and because of you know bye weeks and injuries and COVID protocols, all that stuff. We haven't really gotten to actually see a lot of these backfields in action. So first of all, the first team we're going to talk about, the first backfield is uh, the Chiefs. Obviously, we talked about them last week, but we didn't get to see the impact that was going to have, obviously, because he wasn't able to play last week. Um, this week, he is expected to suit up, but obviously, I would not expect a big impact from him immediately you know, might be a different story potentially in the in the coming weeks. But, you know, his first week in game with the team, st- still getting used to the playbook, the system, all of that, 
And you have a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire who had like a 160 rushing yard game last week. Um, I I don't see Bell having a big impact in the, the short term right now. Um, so I would say this week, definitely still start Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think he'll still be, you know, still has potential to be like a top 15 running back this week. Um, I definitely don't start Bell. I think that he, there's just way too risky and very unlikely that he's productive. Um, in terms of like trading and all that stuff, I would say hold on to both of them um, unless you get a great offer. And likewise, I would say don't really trade for them. Don't aim to trade for them unless, again, you can get a really good offer for them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so next up, the Chargers. Uh, so we talk about this basically every week, actually. But neither Jackson or nor Kelly were like cemented as a lead back in uh, week six. So or week five, sorry. Um, so I really don't see them having one or the other having a, a bigger week. I think both are definitely good flex options, especially for bigger leagues. Um, uh, Jackson, especially because he's not picked up as much. Uh, and their matchup this week, they're playing the Jaguars, who have the bottom five run defense. So I can, you can definitely expect a big week from both of them. They're probably going to split it half and half. Yeah, I think you know. Obviously, we're under. I think we'll come away from week seven having seen one of them had significantly more carries than the other one. Um, I think one's definitely going to have a bigger week than the other. But at this point, you really don't know. I mean, I would think I'd lean probably towards Justin Jackson a little bit, but it's still very much up in the air. So I would say, yeah, they're both definitely solid flex options going into week seven. Yeah. Uh, and then to finish it off, we're just going to talk about some matchups that we like going into week seven. Um, first of all, the Bills wide receivers against Jet the Jets. Uh, so Cole Beasley, I'm gonna take his name. Uh, he ha- like he's been producing like around the ten range for the last few weeks, um, and he's definitely one of their guys who is scoring touchdowns and has a big role in the offense. And against the Jets, I can definitely see him having a big week. Um, then also Devin Singletary, the running back. Jets defense also, the running defense, not very good. I can see him breaking out this week, even though past weeks haven't been the best for him. Yeah, um, I think especially with Cole Beasley, I'm not that high up on Devin Singletary this week with the return of uh, Zach Moss to so there'll be more competition for carries in the backfield. But Cole Beasley, I definitely like. I mean – Throughout the season, we've seen him just, like, on one drive go down, and Josh Allen will hit him three, four times on a drive, and he'll rack up, you know, whatever, like seven, eight, nine fantasy points on just one series. Um, So a lot of upside for him in general, especially against the Jets. Yeah, the only thing with, um, with Beasley is he's a little hot and cold. You can never really know with him. So be wary with him. Yeah, for sure. Next up is the um, the Chiefs' offense against the Broncos. So we're talking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 
definitely going to have a big week with um, even if Bell is coming in because uh, the Broncos are not the best defense and he's definitely going to be able to um, in, definitely produce in the run game. Sammy Watkins hasn't had the greatest year so far, but I can definitely see him racking up some points here. And then McCole Hardman also I can see producing a lot this week. Um, yeah, no question. I mean, Broncos defense obviously isn't horrible. And, I mean, I think we had higher expectations, but then obviously with Vaughn Miller going out for the season, they're not as great as they were. But, yeah, I think there's definitely the possibility for big games for all these guys. Yeah. Um, so I think that about wraps it up for today's episode of The Huddle. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, good luck going into week seven. And hopefully some of these moves, waiver wire pickups and trades are going to help you win your matchup this week. Good luck. Yeah.